your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, uh, let's give this a shot. Welcome to the Locked On NHL podcast, Locked On Avalanche podcast. There we go. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, do not adjust your sets. Do not adjust your volume or anything like that. Uh, Barry White is not hosting this episode. This is me, Chris Maselli. COVID Chris Maselli, as they say. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we have not been around this week because of that. As you can tell, the voice is not completely back yet, but so much has been going on with the avalanche. I just, we can't keep going without recording an episode. So if you hear some, like some dead air for a little while, <laughs> it's just because my microphone is muted and I'm, and I'm like getting a couple coughs out and I'm not going to do that in anybody's ear. So we're going to keep rolling because uh, what a time to get sick, dude, because I'm it's, telling you, I mean, could it come at a better time? No, oh. <laughs> everything great is happening for the avalanche right now. And then I want to I'm going to get sick. So we're going to talk about everything. Shaggy Von Doom is here, of course, with me as he is every day. And we got a lot to discuss because uh, we've been away for pretty much the whole week. So but I do want to say thank you to everybody who was saying, you know, well wishes to me. knowing because I did put it up on Twitter saying we wouldn't have a show whenever we could come back. We would. Um, and that day is now, but everybody that did kind of throw out there a get well to me, I very much appreciate that. I'm still on the mend as you can hear, but, uh, we're, we're getting there and we can at least record shows. I think I can get through a half hour, maybe just having a couple coughing fits. We'll see. Uh, first things first, follow the show on social media outlets. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. LOPN underscore avalanche on Twitter, locked on avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. All right, Kyle, uh, where to start? I think we got to start with the on ice stuff, naturally. Avalanche obviously clinch a playoff spot. We knew that was just going to happen eventually. You're just delaying the inevitable. It could have happened when if Vancouver beat Vegas, all they needed to do was beat them in any fashion. They couldn't do that. So the Az went out and took care of business twice against Pittsburgh. Uh, two very well-played games against Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And those are big games for both of those teams, for, for, for the Penguins, not only standing-wise, because they're fighting for position, but just to, you know, a lot, like we say all the time, so many teams are, are going to kind of uh, – see how they do against the avalanche because that could be their, their postseason opponent. Yeah. And I think the penguins played two very good games, but this just shows you how good the avalanche are even down as many guys as they are. And we mentioned this in the Twitter space, like the impromptu locked on avalanche Twitter space while you're on the mend, like the Saturday game had that playoff vibe. Like it felt like it was nationally televised. It was in ball arena. It was rocking. It had that environment. Like the Avalanche are like, it's the clear front runner in the West. And what Pittsburgh's been doing here lately, you could say they're one of the top three or four teams in the East. Like they've been really putting it together in the home stretch. And the Avalanche to look as commanding as they do with 
guys that you really don't anticipate to score in those type games coming through in that Saturday game, that just instilled so much confidence. When they took it to Pittsburgh, they absolutely just stayed on it all game long to the point that Pittsburgh fans were filing out of that arena with five (laughs) minutes left. It was an embarrassing look for a contender in the East Mm. for your fans to leave like that. But the Avalanche had that game in hand in such a way that the fans gave up on their effort that night. So the Avalanche clinched in a very dominant way. And for the way the Avalanche have been playing all year, this is the way you want to clinch the playoffs. I was really interested to see the difference between the two games. Obviously, being Mm -hmm. a home-and-home, you're playing back-to-back a couple days off in between. And the way that the game went in Colorado with the Penguins tying it twice and both times the Avs taking the lead back in less than 30 seconds. I think the first one was 20 seconds. I think the second time was 27 seconds. So, I mean, that's just so demoralizing for an opponent when, when they're the visiting team and you, you are, are playing, you know, you're up against a very good team, obviously, and you tie it, you battle as much as they were battling and that the snap of a fingers, the Avs just take that lead back twice. Yeah. You know, once if it happens, okay. But then when you tie it again and then it happens a second time, that's just, uh, and, and there was no quit in the Penguins. And I even jokingly put up on Twitter, if there's a penalty called in the last three minutes of this game, I'm going to flip because there was not a single penalty called that entire game. And then a penalty got called, I think, with four minutes left. Yeah. Was it on Abe Kubel? I think it was on Abe Kubel, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And the thing is, like, it was a penalty, but if like there was so many other things that could have been called during that game and they were letting them go. So it was a little bit like annoyed at that stage in the game that they were going to call that. But you know what? At the same time, it's like, okay, Colorado, let's see what you got. Like you're now you got to do what you've been doing with your special teams. It's been very good. And they held them. They held them. Yeah. And that, I, th- I think it was Abe Kubel, the penalty, regardless that slap shot that he had, my word, that could be, yeah. I, I think the Kale McCarr goal in overtime against Chicago is, is probably the, the goal of the year for the Avs. But that one is maybe one of my favorites just yeah. because it's him, because it was an absolute rocket. Uh, it was, it was, nobody knew it went in. Yeah. <laughs> Only two people knew it went in. That was my favorite part about that goal was the staggering confirmations from announcer in arena. Like that goal was so quick that like players didn't even realize it was going on. Like half of them were playing the puck that quickly rebounded right out of the net because it was so hard of a shot. They were continuing to play it like it never even went in and just watching everybody realize, Oh no, that did go in. (laughs) Like it was great. And like, yeah, he got the penalty, but he to put that shot up there that really, I mean, that's what you want to see. We've been asking for him to step it up. And if this is what he's got in the bag, go do it. (laughs) Yeah. And just being down as many guys as they are, we know who they're without, but they did get bone Byram back. Yes. And he, he, he's not the type of guy to kind of just go in there and test the waters. He was full steam ahead. And he wasn't afraid to go mix things up. And he he was engaging on the offensive end. He was getting, you know, deep in the zone. I mean, he wasn't just hanging back, just let me just get through this game. No, like he I, he was 100% there. 
And I didn't really expect anything less from him than doing that. I, I, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. I would have been, no, I, I've had too many of these. I'm just gonna be happy to finish this game, but he's, and he looked good. He looked good. So man, like, and they paired him with Makar mm-hmm. on multiple occasions. And how, how, how much of, of, of an, uh, uh, I don't even know the word for it to have at your disposal, you're going to put Makar and Byram together and then, and eh, just for the heck of it, we'll throw Taves back in there with, with Makar and then not yeah. miss a beat at all. It's a gluttony of riches for the Avalanche right now. And that was also something we talked about with Byron's return in that Twitter space during the Penguins game. Like, <laughs> it's nice to see Byron back. And as Avalanche fans, we know what concussions are like with the Matt Calvert situation. But Bo Byron is actually, pl- in that game, was playing against the poster child for how to overcome concussions in Sidney Crosby. Like, yeah. Calvert was reaching out to Crosby when he was going through his comeback. And, like, Sidney Crosby is who you would model that after. And you heard Bo Byram say, I just can't sit on the sidelines. If I feel like I could do it, I'm going to do it. And he went out there, and, of course, when he got that penalty, that was two minutes that he wasn't being touched, and I felt great. But, like, like it <laughs> which was, was a, like Which was a bogus penalty. That could was. have been the worst penalty call of the season. Yeah, I'm glad that referee got my Venmo to put him in the box as many times <laughs> as possible just to make sure our little Bo Byram is safe. But, yeah. no, like, it was it was good to see him out there. Like, it's going to take him a little bit to get back to everything. Like, his little stint that he had in Loveland was great. Like, he, he was returning to form. But, mm-hmm. of course, the AHL and the NHL are two different animals. So, uh, the yeah. speed with the Colorado Avalanche is a little bit different with the Eagles. So, yeah, it's going to take him a game or two. But by the time he gets his, like, footing – it sounds like everybody's coming back <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty soon. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but you had two of the three newbies get goals in the second game. You had uh, Josh Manson with a great shot mm-hmm. from just inside the blue line. That was a seeing eye. I, I don't think it was really, was it a slapper or more of a wrister? I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it didn't matter. It had, no. it was, it was bound for the net. Yeah. And then uh, Terry Lekkinen got his first which uh, I think was the empty netter at the end, but so what both those guys uh, and, and, you know, even though those are their first goals, they've, I I think, you know, these are moves that we're going to really see the benefits of through the month of April, which we're going to get into the schedule next Mm -hmm. and obviously into the playoffs. So uh, right now, these moves that he's made and even Nico Sturm is still producing on the faceoff. I like his game. I really do. He plays fast and he plays heavy. And you don't get that a lot with some with with uh, you know guys of his size, but I really like what he can do. I love these moves right now by by Joe Sackett. Like the only thing right now is Cogliano still trying to figure out how everything works. But honestly, the three players you mentioned with Lekinen, uh, and then you got Sturm, and then you got Manson. Like that's the perfect addition to all three aspects of the Avalanche roster. Like your middle scoring, your depth scoring, and the manimal on D. He mm. is. He keeps showing new little wrinkles to his game that perfectly accentuate what the Avalanche do. And I just, I really love Manson. I think he's probably right now my favorite piece from the trade deadline. Yeah. So everything seems to be going swimmingly for the Avs. So uh, they've obviously played a few games. We were planning on doing that. We do this at the beginning of the month, but thanks to me, uh, we, we haven't been able to do it. So even though they played a couple of games in April, we're still going to look through the rest of the month, see if they can get that record, beat the 118 points, 
And uh, they, they, they signed somebody. This is not new news, obviously, but we haven't been able to talk about it. It's a little bit shocking that they signed <laughs> Mr. McDermott. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But right now, here from Bet Online, it's your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. And first of all, the latest sports in developments, or yeah, the latest sport developments, sorry, including this week's Masters Championships. And isn't, I think Tiger is a go. Tiger is a go. He'll and be I, competing at round one. I wonder if that's CBS just telling him, we'll give you just extra money if you go, because we need the ratings. These are, yeah. I mean, you know, people just watch because of him. So yeah, uh, if, if, he, be one. if he wins that thing, I mean, that that's a minor miracle. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's including this master's week's championships, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all of the different leagues this season. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information including live betting, esports, and scores. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That is betonline.net. It's where the game starts. So one more month to go, and then we have a postseason. Obviously, the Avalanche have clinched their spot, and they played two games into the month of April, but let's take a look at the rest of it. And right now they are at 106 points on the season. Am I correct in saying that, sir? You are indeed. Okay. And obviously everything everybody's looking at is president's trophy. And you get some people out there. that was like, oh, president's trophy doesn't matter to me. It matters. It matters. Mm -hmm. It matters to these guys because they want that. Uh, They they want home ice advantage. And that's what you get in the playoffs. So why would you not want that? Maybe the title of president's trophy isn't as significant to them. But to have home ice throughout the playoffs is what you want. So don't say it doesn't matter. And if you're in the running for it, it matters. If you're not in the running for it, clearly it doesn't matter. You can still, you're in the playoffs and anything can happen. But especially you, with how the Avalanche played at home all year this year, 100%. If you could carry some of that mojo into the playoffs. Come on, give me exactly. that hardware. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, as at 106. So they've, they've, the two games that they've already played, obviously, are against Pittsburgh. They've won both of those. So they have 12 games remaining, right? Mm-hmm. And they need 12 points. So mm-hmm. if every if they lose every single game in overtime, they tie it. They tie the record. Uh, likely that's not going to happen, but let's take a look at what they got. So Friday and Saturday, they have a back-to-back in Canada. So they're at Winnipeg and they're at Edmonton. And then the next four games are at home. They are at home against LA, the Devils, the Hurricanes, and the Capitals. And then they have a day off and then in Seattle and then a day off and then at Edmonton again, and then a day off and then at Winnipeg again. And then they finish up the season with home against St. Louis home against Nashville. And the last game of the season is in Minnesota. So uh, a good amount of division games. They finish with four in a row in the division. Overall, I mean, what's what's this look like? I mean, they, they got the West. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty much in hand. Uh, do they pull the reins back on anything or no? Do you feel like, no, they have to go get that President's Trophy because Florida is on your heels. Florida's yeah. played the same exact games played as you, and they're two points behind. Um, no, I think they're going. I mean, they're, they're not going to they're not going to really, like, pump the brakes on this thing. They, they want that home home ice advantage. 
And how do you think it looks for them with this, with this schedule? Honestly, looking at it, like this is a perfect storm for the avalanche. Like they're looking at six regulation wins and you tie the record for most points in the season. Right. And you're chasing that home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. And you're getting guys like, <clears throat> excuse me, Landis Gog, Samuel Gerrard. You're getting everybody returning, Nazo Kadri, and you want a little bit of practice with these new guys on these lines going into the playoffs. So I don't see them pulling the reins back. They have it all year. Why would they now right. with all of this up for grabs? Yeah, you mentioned Sammy G. He's, he's, he's coming back Friday. Which is a little surprising. I thought I, we were hearing more mid-April, um, but it seems like he is good to go for Friday. So you're getting him back, and then you're still waiting on Landeskog and Kadri. And I think both of those guys are going to be coming back around the same time. I think like maybe that last week of the season, those four games that are in the last week of the season. I wouldn't surprise me if that's when you see them get nice four games under your belt, get back into the flow of things before the the playoffs start. And you got Nachushkin also, who has not been, yeah, yeah, yeah. who also needs to return. And I honestly, is this going to be Lanisgog's first time playing with Lekkonen and Cagliano? I think it might yes, it be. be. So, so it would be nice for the captain to see exactly who he's got with him now yep. and where everybody fits. So I, this can only mean good things for the abs, especially like we've been doing what we've been doing against Pittsburgh, like a top tier team without them. Imagine what we're going to do. Like, honestly, let's be real here. Like, this is like New Jersey. Yes, they beat us, but they're out of the playoffs. They have really nothing to play for but pride. This is easier competition coming up other than maybe that Carolina game and that season ender against Minnesota. The rest of these are easier games that you could play with more of a talented team. So go out there and show out and really take some momentum into the playoffs. Yeah, so you have, like we said, 12 games left and half are at home, half are on the road. So it's you don't get an advantage one way or another there. So if you just win the home games, again, you tie. So if you win all the home games and you get one of the away games, so I mean, let's see, like Winnipeg, you feel good about that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's on the road. So let's see. I mean, where, where's your – just say we need seven wins. We, we need seven wins to, to get the record for the apps. So – they can uh, win all their home games and beat Seattle in Seattle. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You could do that, right? But you know, you you are so your your difficult home games are Carolina, who you really want to beat them. That mm-hmm. that that one really that was that even though it's an East Coast team that really stuck in my side. That last yeah. game, you want to beat them. You want to beat the Devils because yeah, I mean, you want to beat the Devils. That's the game we were at. Yeah, <laughs> so you want some payback for that. Uh, the Capitals, you really should handle. And you want to beat the Blues and Nashville because those are division rivals. So let's say you lose. I don't know. I mean, wh- where? I hate saying you're just going to win all of them because that's very yeah. tough to say. But you can say that for the Avs at home because they're good at home. And then and then it's hard to say the Avs can win all of them when we've seen them drop a game to Vancouver, drop a game to Boston in very non-Avalanche ways. So it's hard to say without like a shadow of a doubt, like they're winning this one. So it's hard to predict, but the Avalanche have put themselves in a position, 12 points, 12 games. If they just win six, they tie. 
Like if we're asking when half of the remaining games, is that such a tall task for the Avalanche this no, year? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. And I guess think of it this way, which of these games would they not be favored in? I think the only oh. one that they would not be favored in is the last game of the season. And that's because it's in Minnesota. <clears throat> and at that stage in the game, if the apps have everything locked up, if that game means nothing to them, that's the reason why Minnesota would be favored, not because Minnesota yeah. would just naturally be favored. So, I mean, you would have to say that they're favored in all these. And again, that doesn't mean anything. Just saying like, you know, it's 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 a good matchup when you're typically favored. So you got to feel good about this avalanche team being the record holders for most points in franchise history. You ha- you look at this, you have to not only because it's a favorable schedule, but you're getting those guys back. You're all the guys that we're talking about. You're going to. So you're playing the way that you played against Pittsburgh, a very good team down the guys that you're down. Now that they're going to start coming back, why would you not think that they could do this? I think in the end, we're going to be talking. This is this is going to be a, a legendary team in the history of the, of the franchise. And it's becoming more and more real every game that you go on because the altitude broadcast is pot, putting up those graphics that are ranking where they are in franchise history. It's not just this year with the legendary point total where Landy's stacking up all time, where Miko's stacking up all time, Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. Like this has the feel of an all-time, like an 01 season. We have everything lined up where we could surpass that and more. Here's the thing: like you got to win the cup. You know what I mean? That's like the, thing. It, the, the, the points mean nothing in the end. If, yeah. if if they if they beat them, even if they get 120 points or 119 points, mm-hmm. and and win the cup, now we're having a debate. Now we can mm-hmm. have a debate on who's the the best team in franchise history. If they get the 119 points, even if they get 122 points and don't win the cup, there's no discussion. You, you can't you can't have one without the other. So and that's and that's the scary thing. If the Avalanche don't win the cup, what do we do next year with re-signing players? I don't know. That's uh, that's that's going to be fun discussion in the offseason. Tell you that. Yeah. But they did sign one guy. For the for the next two years, anyway, and that was uh, early season punching bag Curtis McDermott, uh, literally and figuratively, because that's really what he's there to do. Yep. But the Avs seem to like that he does that, and they gave him a two year extension. It's you know for for the dollar amount, it's fine. It's not gonna, you know, it's not breaking the bank. Um, it's like less than a million dollars a year for two years, and. I think he's a guy that f- the, the team seems to have liked him from the start. The fans had to come around to him because his play was horrible at the beginning of the year. And you can't deny that. Like, yeah, yeah he's fun to watch because he'll just go beat anybody's face in. But that's not I don't want that for a full year. But his game started to come around and you can see the confidence in him now just with the, the puck on his stick. And yeah, he's never going to lose that edge of being aggressive and being the muscle. And that's been the, the abs downfall for the past couple of years in the postseason. And I think they, they really worked with him and he kept working on his game. <laughs> and yeah, I think he's earned it. I think he's earned a, a, a two year contract. See what you can do for the next two years. And I, I've really come around on him and, and you know, that's no surprise to anybody. Like I, I've, he was in the doghouse for me for a long, long time. But I'm more comfortable with him now on the ice than I than I have been at any point during the season. Curtis McDermott, 
he's a lemon. He's a lemon. It's what he is. When you you first take your first bite in your life of a lemon and you like you pucker up, you're like, oh, I don't like this. This is terrible. Yeah. And then you put it away and then you see another lemon. You're like, you know what? One more time. Let me just try it one more time. You're like, oh, that's bitter. But then you start adding it to like your drink, like a Diet Coke or a sweet tea. <laughs> and then you're like, you know what? This will be good with my fish. And then you start finding things. You're like, you know what? I used to not like this flavor, but you know, I could add it to a lot of other things. And it really yeah. brings out. And that's what McDermott, like if you look at what we're paying for him at the, the term that he has, we're not telling you eat the lemon. It's <laughs> what it does to the rest of the team. It brings out the flavor that's already there. That's what we're paying for. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think this will only make him play better. Yes. Because he now he has a little bit of, of solid ground, at least for the next two years. Um, and, and he, I don't know. I, I just have, I've never kind of turned a corner on a guy like I have for then I have for McDermott because yeah. it was, it was brutal. It was brutal in the beginning. And I think it was just, maybe he just got traded. You know what I mean? Some, sometimes guys need to settle into their new environment. And this is a team that was expected to win or is expected mm-hmm. to win. And they're a fast team and he's a big dude. Who's not. So maybe he was just like shell shocked in the beginning. And I'm, you know, this, this goes again to Jared Bednar and his coaching style. And he doesn't, you know, he'll, he'll put guys in his dog. He did it with a door off all the time. Yeah. And he gave the door off so many opportunities to correct it. And there were times where you saw it in the where he would correct what Jared Bednar wanted him to do. And he played better, but I think it was just too up and down where they had to make a move. Um, and, and that might be the case with McDermott, but, I think this goes another, you know, just straw in the cap of Jared Bednar of how good of a coach he is that he can get the best out of players like Curtis McDermott. And what it really feels like is like, like you mentioned it, like he had that like shell shock deer in the headlights look when he first started with the avalanche and Bednar gave him the opportunity and he's kind of won over the locker room and the trust of Bednar with not getting overwhelmed by the moment he sticks to what he could do and he adds to he doesn't try and be a kale mccarr he doesn't try like he doesn't try and be more than he could do he just does what he needs to do and i think that speaks a lot so like when you mentioned zadorov i think he got lost in the moment a lot Mm -hmm. and i think mcdermott he's not allowing himself to get lost if he Makes a mistake, he makes up for it. He's adding little things to his game. You can see his footwork getting better, shot selection, how he facilitates the puck. Like, the things he's adding to his game, he's not allowing the game to overwhelm him. He's finding ways that he can implant his game and make it work. Yeah, he's been impressive. And he can slide in any position you need him to. Yeah, forward or defender. So, uh, yeah, I mean, does this open up the door and i know you know extensions this doesn't necessarily mean that you're just gonna start seeing extensions go flying around for the avalanche but they did it for pavel francos Mm -hmm. now they've done it for curtis mcdermott are there any other ufas out there or even restricteds that you could see the abs giving an extension to before it even hits that deadline joe sackick loves to do this this is nothing new for him. He likes to take care of players before they even hit the market. So I think the one that sticks out to me is, is Najuskin. 
And I feel like with everything you heard around every move that was made at the trade trade deadline, Nachushkin was who they wanted to replicate when it came to their play style. And you can see that with everybody they picked up. And I feel like every every Avalanche fan you talk to, they love Nuke. Like he is everyone's favorite when it comes to heart and soul on the team. And I feel like he would be the next one. Everyone else, it's a prove it to me scenario. Um, yeah, well, I think it is with Burkowski. I mean, like mm. that. I don't think that's going to happen because I want to. I think they want to see what happens in the playoffs with him. You know, if you can produce in the playoffs, okay. Well, then we'll talk. You know, extension. Kadri, I think, is going to hit the market because of the season that he's had. He's going to try to cash in, and I can't fault him for that. Uh, I'm just looking at unrestricted. I mean, you have your restricted stuff, so I'm not really going to go through them. But uh, you have Nico Sturm. He he could be one of those guys that they extend. Just and he's only making seven twenty five this year and that would be an easy one yeah but again again that he's almost at approve me like mcdermott did frankie did uh sturm he's still got some proving to do right nuke nuke has done nothing but prove right. since he put his feet on the ice in colorado so yeah. he would be next everyone else there's a little bit of proving to do yeah and then i think the uh, or manson is too he's an unrestricted so um, now, but, but he I, might, yeah, I would side him. I think what he does and what he adds and what he brings, I think he replaces like your Ryan Murray, your Jack Johnson. Um, I feel like what you get out of Manson is better than what you get out of Jack or Ryan right now. And Jack Johnson is an unrestricted as well. And I don't know, man. I, I, I just I feel like Jared Bednar loves that guy. I feel like he loves what he brings. I do. I I I feel like they're they're gonna sign him to something. So you could see them signing Sturm and Jack Johnson if Johnson still wants to play. I mean, he's thirty five years old. I mean, I still think he's got life in him. But um, I think they would sign him. You could do Sturm and Johnson to what you just signed McDermott to, less than a million, if you wanted to. Because, I mean, and then you, you still have a logjam on defensemen. I mean, Ryan Murray is an unrestricted. He's not. I, I can't imagine they would sign him back. So you're going to have McCarr. You have Johnson for another year. You have Gerard. You got Taves. Obviously, you got your four. If you extend Manson, and well, then you got Byram. So there's your six. And then you have John, Jack Johnson. I mean, he could be one of those, you know, a guy that you keep around. I'm telling you, man, I, I if, feel like well, this if you're team getting- loves him. If you're getting him for that cheap, honestly, it's not a bad thing to keep around. Like if I had to choose between Murray and Johnson, I'm yeah. definitely taking Jack. But yeah, if you're getting him on the cheap, but if he's, it's a risk there, and okay. I feel a little bit better with Manson. And here's the one, the last one that I did not mention: Darcy Kemper. Oh boy, I signed that guy tomorrow. I would have, I would have signed him at the All Star break. I would have signed him in yeah. January. Uh, you could have got, I mean, I think his number's gone up a little bit, not not skyrocketed, yeah. but since then it's gone up a little bit because he's been one of the best or, you know, the top two goalies in the league since then. He's getting Grubauer affected. Um, I mean, he he's getting his numbers inflated. He's confident in the abs. The abs are confident sorry. in him. And I don't want him to 
feel like, well, this is what I can actually do. And then Darcy Kemper go to a Seattle, a, a Vegas. I don't know. I, I don't know if he could replicate what he's getting. Like you've seen it with Grubauer. Like you're seeing that same, like, well, this is what I could do. I'm putting up great numbers. I could do this somewhere else and get paid for it. And look at what Grubauer is doing right now. I don't think Darcy Kemper, like he's not, he wasn't having this kind of success. Let me do that as well. Um, he's not <laughs> having that kind of success. Um, he didn't have that in Arizona. He's getting it now in Colorado. I don't think there's another plug and play team to the level of the avalanche where Darcy Kipper could go find success and the no. team loves him. He loves being with the team. I don't feel like he's going to go out there and go shopping and get money hungry because I know he loves his spot where he is. Yeah. I think he he's moved around enough. Yes. You know I mean, like he he's been in, in obviously in Minnesota had a, a short stint in LA and then went to Arizona for a few years. And I think being in LA or excuse me, being in Arizona, and seeing how that franchise is run and how the avalanche are, are currently run and, and, you know, the, just the dynamic and, and knowing he could have been in Arizona if Colorado didn't come rescue him. Yep. And I, he, you, you just see interviews with him and he's just, he always got a smile on his face. I don't feel like he's about the money. I, yeah. He's going to want to get paid, but I don't think he's like Philip Grubauer. I didn't think Philip Grubauer was Philip Grubauer. I didn't think yeah. he was going to do that. But I genuinely don't think Kemper is going to do that. I no. think he knows he has it really good where he is because this team, if he cares about championships, he knows this is a, as good a spot as any in the league to do that. So will he want a little bit of a bump? He's getting 3.5 probably, especially since the season that he's had. But I just feel like he, because he's been through so much and changing teams as much as he has, and now he's landed in in – one of the best spots a goalie could ask for. Why would you want to leave that when you know you're going to make, make pretty good money and do what Grubauer did to get an extra 500K a year? The difference between Grubauer and Kemper, Grubauer came in with a cup. He did. You're Kemper. right. Yeah. But and as a backup, he, though, like not even as the main guy. But he still has the ring. He still has something he can point to, say, yeah, I was part of that team. He's got all the memorabilia. He was at a point where he can shop a little bit. If he finds another cup, great. If yeah. not, my name's still on the cup. I could go get money. <laughs> yeah. Kemper, he, you know, he's still looking for that. And what better place than where you are right now? Yeah. So if it were me, um, I'm taking care of Nachuskin and Grubauer, one in, in 1A. What, what about you? Yeah. yeah, it would be uh, Nuke and uh, Kemper. We, we're Did not I say Grubauer? Care. We're not taking care of Grubauer I, I think, anymore. I think I said Grubauer. We're canceling his severance package that too. Of, it's it's the Rona. It's the Rona scrambling my brain. <laughs> uh, you Kemper, know what? Sorry, you you sorry. didn't even know you said Grubauer because you can't taste how bitter that was coming out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, I can't taste the fish smell. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Uh, but what do you guys think? I mean, uh, we're, we're, if we're going to extend some people before the time comes, uh, I think we're all on board. Definitely with Nachuskin. Would you say Kemper as well or anybody else that's on this list? So shoot us a line. Uh, but that is going to wrap it up. Avs uh, with a game in Winnipeg. So we will be discussing that on Friday. We probably do a Friday show for Saturday just because we yeah. missed a couple. But um, that game is coming up on Friday. We will be back tomorrow. I mean, if I'm doing this one today, I should feel even better, a little, a little bit better tomorrow. So 
anything that happens tomorrow, we're going to be discussing it because I can't imagine I'm going backwards. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have you back, bud. I know. I know. I feel a little bit better. So, uh, but for now, that'll wrap it up. So, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. We are back. And I said 500 would have been the first episode of the week. It's actually, this is 499. Tomorrow will be episode 500. So, you just had to delay it a little bit, but we will get there eventually. Uh, but that'll wrap it up, everybody. Like I said, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. And once again, thank you for all of the well wishes. That's always appreciated as well. And uh, make Locked On NHL your second listen of the day. Get hooked up and caught up and everything going on around the league. Until then, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. We're back. Go, Abs, go.